Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. It is so fun to be with you. I'm so honored that you would tune into another episode of the show, or if it's your first episode, hello, my name is Tara, and I'm really glad you joined us for this episode. I know by the title, it's already kind of an intense episode, maybe, if you'd call it that. It's just one of those conversations that sometimes is a little bit uncomfortable, it's a little bit hard, it has a lot of things into it, but I felt really called from the Lord to have this this discussion today with you on pride. And the reason that is, is because I've honestly been dealing with a lot of pride myself. Now, a little thing about me, a little fact about me is that I have always been very type A, very go-getter, very just... I don't know. Someone described it like just running around in a tizzy all the time. And I would say that like if you meet me in person, I'm I'm pretty chill. I'm very personable. But, you know, honestly, when it comes to work and ministry and um, just doing things, I tend to live out of a varied a very hustled mentality, if that makes sense. I just run myself pretty ragged because I am so deeply passionate. I love working. I love getting to do things. I love to-do lists. And so that is a big part of my personality, maybe. I don't know if you would say it's part of my personality, but it's something that I've always struggled with. And just until recently, I realized just how 
how much that was affecting not only my physical body, my mental capacity, my emotions, but also my relationship with the Lord. So I have been meeting with one of my really good friends who's my mentor and then also a biblical counselor. And I was just confiding in her and sharing with her how exhausted I've been, how I feel like I've been pulled in so many different directions. I've been doing too much, all these things. She looks at me and she calls me out. I mean, in the most loving way, but she asked me, Tara, have you confessed your sin of pride? I remember looking at her sideways and kind of pausing for a moment. I was really caught off guard. What? I mean, my busy schedule and my exhaustion wasn't pride. I didn't get it. I didn't get what she was saying. She went on to ask me what I've been feeling like. So I told her honestly that I've been feeling the need to do it all, that I can't rest until I get the house clean or all the work is done. I feel anxious and I I dwell on my to-do list in the next day and I don't feel accomplished sometimes unless I meet X, Y, or Z deadlines. I told her all that in honesty and I still didn't get it. She looked at me again and said, Tara, you know that's pride, right? Ouch. That definitely, definitely called me out in the best ways. And ever since we had that conversation about that, I've been so convicted of the pride and the sin of pride in my life. And so this episode isn't to call you out. It's really just for all of us, myself included, since I'm really walking through this, to examine our hearts and say, Lord, is there any pride? Is there anything in my life that you need to strip away in this area? Because I think sometimes the most timid of people think, I'm not prideful. I don't try to flash myself in front of people. I don't try to, you know, just boast. But The thing about pride is that it really manifests itself in a lot of different ways, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, but before we do that, let's define pride for a second. A basic definition would be someone who is arrogant or disdainful in conduct or haughty, conceited, egotistic, vanity or vain in one's appearance, um, advantages, achievements, etc. Basically just someone who elevates themselves because of their appearance, their advantages, their achievements, etc. Basically pride demonstrates superiority in some respect over someone else or something. So here's the really interesting countercultural thing. So the world will tell us, the culture, the secular culture that we live in will tell us that pride is a really good thing, that you should have pride of self, you should love yourself, you should be proud of yourself, of your accomplishments, your life, your family, etc. And I'm not going to lie, I am very proud of my life. I'm very proud of my family and all those kinds of things. But here's here's the downside. If we're not careful, pride can subtly sneak into our lives, infest into our systems, and it can manifest itself in these kind of symptoms of elevating ourselves over other people and even over God. The Bible has a lot to say about pride. If you look in in God's word, if you look up in a Bible dictionary, how many times pride or even humility, it's inverse, is mentioned. There's a lot that God has to say about it because there's a lot of verses like James 4, 6 says, but God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So it says it right there that God really opposes those who are prideful. He hates pride, but he loves humility. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. That's exactly the intensity and um, the severity that God takes pride. He says that it's an abomination to him. And we're going to talk about all the ways that pride really gets in the way of our relationship with the Lord. And that's why, though, the Lord really detests those who are proud. He detests 
pride. Second Corinthians 10, 17 through 18 said, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. So here, Paul is saying that the one who boasts in anything, the only reason that we have to boast or be proud is because of the Lord is in and from the Lord. He says, for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved. So if we want to be approved and we want to please the Lord, we don't commend ourselves, but the one whom the Lord commends. So it's the Lord who gets to, to have that say so in our lives. There are literally so many verses and passages that talk about pride and then talk about pride's inverse, which is humility, which we're going to talk a little bit towards the end of this episode. But that just goes to show you, it's like a tiny little snippet of what God says about pride. And so I think... It's a, it's a really big wake-up call for me, and I don't know about you, but I haven't taken pride seriously. So I want to talk about seven symptoms of pride, and I say all of this, again, for us to examine our hearts and motives to see if there is any offensive way, if there is any pride in our lives, like Psalms 139.23 says. I just pray that this opens up our eyes to say, okay, Lord, search me and know me. The Lord already knows us, but search me and know me, and really chisel out and pull out any of these prideful tendencies in my life because I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now you might be surprised in which the ways that pride comes about in our lives that we don't even realize is pride but at the end of the day we need to realize that pride is a barrier to true intimacy with the Lord pride tells us that we are better off without the Lord and we are self-sufficient in ourselves which is not the case but it's a beautiful thing that it's not the case so Let's talk about seven symptoms of pride. And if you're listening and you find that you have been kind of given into these symptoms and that these symptoms have made their way into your lives and form this pride in your life, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to find hope because God has a really cool way for us to kill pride and live in humility and live in right standing with him. So I just want you to have hope in that, but it's good for us to be aware of the ways in which pride can really get into our lives so that we can fight that battle. Okay, so these symptoms are ones that I've seen in my own life, but these are actually drawn from an essay by Jonathan Edwards that I read a while ago, and it was about the symptoms of pride. And so I just wanted to reiterate that to you, that these are from an awesome article that I've read, but I've seen them in my own life. So I wanted to add a little bit of commentary to each symptom as well, but just to lay the ground for. So symptom one is seeking out faults in others. This is how pride can manifest itself in our life. Symptom number one. So here's the thing. Pride not only blinds us to our own sin and tells us that we're enough and we're okay on our own and we're not actually sinning, but it also can cause us to pick out the sins and dwell on the negatives in other people. It's easy for us to read a passage of scripture, let's say, or you know, think about someone else who needs this word from God instead of us. And it's really shifting focus on other people instead of looking at ourselves. Pride has a really sneaky way of taking the focus and turning around on other people instead of really examining our own hearts and realizing that we need God's grace just as much as the other person. And so that symptom of pride is seeking out faults in others instead of looking at us too and giving grace. Symptom number two is a harsh and critical spirit. 
I don't know about you, but I have at times struggled with a harsh and critical spirit. Now, anyone who knows me, anyone who knows me, you know, in real life, my husband, you know, my parents, my my best friends, people that are very close to me wouldn't say necessarily that I have a harsh and critical spirit, but there have been times when I have just felt overly critical. I felt pessimistic and I've just really felt that way. And then in turn, that is how we see the world and that's how we see other people through a harsh and critical spirit. It's pride can really make us be overly cynical, judgmental, or harsh to other people or to ourselves, to the ones we love. And this really comes from, again, pride, thinking of ourselves more highly than others. And so we are more prone to being critical and harsh and judgmental towards other people. And I know we could go into, you know, all the things about judgment and what it says. Do we judge other people? What does God's word say about Christians judging one another versus the world? There's there's tons of stuff in that, which maybe we'll have to do an episode someday. But in this case, really, is that pride manifests itself in just being overly harsh and critical and just not really having the joy and the lightness of the Lord. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Now, symptom number three is surface level superficiality. And again, when I'm saying symptoms, I'm saying these are maybe signs that pride has found some way into our lives. I'm going to say that again. Surface level superficiality is symptom number three. So when pride lives in our hearts, sometimes that manifests itself and shows itself in us being too concerned with how people think of us, living for other people's approval, living like we have to put on a show. And that's another thing is that sometimes pride manifests itself in a way that we feel like we have to put on a facade for the world, but then conceal what is secret. So we're not really walking the walk and talking the talk. Our secret life, meaning not necessarily secret, but our life every day or behind closed doors with our family, our husbands or whatever, that is different than the life that we're living in front of the world. So that can be how pride really shows itself. Another way to say it is that maybe we flaunt holiness in front of others, but behind closed doors, we really aren't lining up. Now, this isn't to say that it's bad to wrestle with sins behind closed doors and that you shouldn't be doing that because we all do it. It's okay. It's natural. It's part of life. We should be realistic with ourselves behind closed doors too. But pride is one of those things that shows itself to always be perfect in front of people and holy and not realistic. The reality is 
is, is that we're all broken people. We all wrestle with things and we need to be real about that, right? Basically, this kind of pride, the symptom of pride is being too concerned with what other people think of us so much so that it occupies our mind that we feel like we need to put on this facade of um, superficial holiness instead of genuine, um, repentant, um, grace-filled, honest hearts that are loving the Lord regardless of how much we sin and how much we still struggle. And so I think that's something that I've also been thinking about is that am I walking the walk and am I talking the talk? And am I being like, hey, vulnerability and honesty and testimony are some of the coolest thing that God has given us to be able to encourage one another. And so when we are surface level superficial, that shows a pride that we only care about what people think of us instead of being honest and encouraging and grace filled. Symptom number four is a defensive and always ready to put up a fight kind of spirit. So again, this is quick to say that we are not in the wrong and we are quick to assume instead of humbly listening and waiting. So that's the inverse is humbly listening and waiting. But this symptom of pride is if we're always defensive and always ready to put up a fight, always ready to defend ourselves and not just quiet ourselves, slow down and listen in humility. I got to be honest, lately I have been more on the defensive. I have been eager to, if something even just so simple and innocent, like, oh, did you put that there? I just really, just really quick to defend myself instead of slowing down, listening, being still, being understanding, being humble. And so that's a big red flag of pride in our lives when we are quick on the defense, when we are always ready to put up a fight, when we think the world is out to get us. D- defense, instead of living um, humbly, living receptive to listening to other people and being open to be like, yeah, I messed up or that was wrong of me. Pride says that we need to defend ourselves because we need to be constantly in the right. We need to be always perfect. But humility is that I'm going to lay down my life for you and I'm going to listen. I'm going to understand. I'm going to be slow to speak and slow to anger because that's what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus did for us in humility and service when he went to the cross. That's what we're called to do. And symptom number five is presumption before God, as Jonathan Edwards puts it. So basically presumption before God really means not coming to God humbly or in another way to say it too, forgetting that he is God, really. Forgetting that reverence and that honor and that glory that God deserves. Forgetting the importance of laying humbly at his feet. Forgetting that we are needy sinners. Pride really manifests itself in believing that our sins aren't really sins and aren't in need of God's grace or confession and repentance. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode when my sweet friend kind of called me out and said, hey, have you confessed that sin? That was where the enemy had convinced me that my desire to work and do it all, he had really masked that as not a sin when it really was the sin of pride and that I felt like everything depended on me and that everything fell on my shoulders. It was the sin of pride. And yet the enemy had masked that as something that wasn't a sin. And so since I didn't recognize it as a sin, I was leaving it unconfessed. I was not repenting of that. And so that's really what pride does too, that it masks itself as something that it's not. It says it's not really harmful. It says it's harmless. But really what God's word said is that pride is a huge barrier in our relationship with the Lord. 
And this is what Jonathan Edwards is saying here in symptom number five is presumption before God, not coming to God humbly and forgetting that he is God. Pride tells us that we are God and that we are in control. And God says, no, humility and grace puts things into focus and puts things into reality that we are needy sinners, but we were saved by grace. We were invited into the greatest love story of all time when we didn't deserve it. That our humble Savior Jesus came to the cross for us out of love. We don't deserve it, but he gave it to us. And so now our life is service. We have nothing, like Paul says, in of ourselves to boast. But what we do have is God to boast in, which is the greatest thing to be proud of in the entire world. So if you ever catch yourself forgetting humility and forgetting to lay at God's feet and revere him for who he is, then maybe there's a pride issue right there. If we are not quick every day to say, Lord, I'm a needy sinner in need of grace, and we're just quick to think that we're okay on our own, then that's presumption before God. Now, symptom number six, second to last, is glory seeking and desperate for attention. So pride wants attention, it wants respect, it wants fame, it wants notoriety at all costs. It's like, I like to think of it as just like this thing that is just this creature, this animal, this monster that's like feeding on attention, respect, fame, and notoriety. It wants the fame, it wants the spotlight, it wants to be recognized for itself. It wants to take the spotlight off of who it truly belongs on is the Lord. And so glory seeking and and desperation for attention may manifest and may look like boasting about ourselves or accomplishments or achievements, or maybe it's not being able to say no to things because we believe we can do it all on our own. Like I mentioned before, it comes in all of these forms, but when we really think that the glory belongs to us and that we are in enough of ourselves and we're desperate for attention, that is a really big pride red flag. The last symptom that Jonathan Edwards talks about in his essay is a selfish heart, one that neglects others. This one really hits home for me. It really puts it in perspective when you also include other people in it. Pride has preferences. When God says to honor all and when God says to love all, pride prefers those with fame or accolades or similar lifestyles or people that you get along with or people that you know you think are cool all these things pride has preferences when god says that everyone is meant to be loved that you know we're supposed to honor all Humility on the inverse, on the flip side, um, when you're comparing it to pride, does not care if something is inconvenient or not as popular, doesn't look as good. So pride can manifest itself in a selfish heart and one that neglects others. Really, selfishness and pride really can go hand in hand. All right, okay, Jonathan Edwards' seven symptoms of pride in our lives. I don't know, raise your hand if you felt a little called out. Again, that's okay. It's really good for us, as hard and uncomfortable as it is, to hear these things. Because a lot of times, like my friend even called it out in me, I didn't realize these things in my life until she really put it plainly for me. And I'm like, dang, I am so glad that I heard that, although it was hard for me to hear. Because otherwise, it's going to be left unchecked and it's going to be this barrier in our relationship with the Lord. And so really... I pray that this is freeing for us to analyze our hearts and say, Lord, search me and know me and just show me if there's any offensive way in me, like Psalm 139, 23 says. So, oof, again, 
How did those symptoms sound? I know that I have struggled with every single one of those two. So as we close, let's look at what it means to kill pride in our lives. This is a whole nother podcast episode, but I want to really give a few practical ways to look at pride in our lives and how to kill it and how to be aware of it. I think that's a really big thing is for us to train our hearts and our minds in Christ to be aware of our pride. Because a lot of times, like I said, again, pride masks itself as, you know, a a go-getting spirit or you know, someone who just really cares about their life, pride can really just kind of sneak itself into our lives in really harmless ways when it's actually really harmful. So let's just look into it. Let's see how we can kill pride. And, you know, as always, we go to the source, our true example, Jesus Christ. I'm sure you've heard Philippians 2. If there was ever someone who had the right to be prideful in his accomplishments and his character and etc., whoever deserved to be proud or boastful, it was Jesus because he was Jesus, absolutely perfect in everything he did. But how did Jesus come? He came as the humble servant. He came as the king who was humble. You know, really in that day, kings were the most prideful. They were the most powerful. They had a lot of reason to boast, if anything, because they had money and accolades and all these things. Jesus had all the reason. Jesus was the king of kings. Jesus is the king of kings. And yet he came and he was humble. He showed a completely different side to what leadership was. He showed what a real true savior was and it's humble and it's out of service, not of arrogance or pride. And we're called to live in a similar way that echoes Jesus's service and humility. We're called to live differently. You know, the world is proud, it's self-seeking, the culture we live in, the secular culture, it's self-exalting, but the way of Christ, the cruciform life is humble, it's other seeking, and it's kingdom exalting. And so I like to think of these three questions to analyze, just to really take an inventory of our heart, you know, a heart inventory, a really good check of our motivations. And be really honest with yourself here, because I will too, as we do these questions. The first one is, whose sin am I focused on? Whose shortcomings am I dwelling on? Or what records of wrongs am I keeping? Second question is, where do I find my joy, my security, my contentment, and my identity? And third question is, who am I dedicated on serving? So when we've fallen into pride, we usually answer those questions as, whose sin am I focused on? Other sin instead of mine. Where do I find my joy, my security, my contentment, and identity? Usually when we've given into pride and we're living out of the motivation of pride, we are looking to ourselves and to the world to give us joy, to give us identity and worth when we can only find that in the one who created us and designed us. And then that last question is, who am I focused on serving? When we're prideful, when we're selfish, it's usually we're focused on serving ourselves instead of Christ and his church. And so those are three questions for us to daily examine, daily, weekly, monthly, whatever often examine our hearts and say, okay, those questions, if we answer them in a me way, it's usually a pride thing. If we answer them in a Jesus and others focused way, then it's usually that we have things kind of on track. But pride is all again about me, me, me. If you could really catch on from those questions, pride comes from a me-centered focus instead of a Jesus-centered focus. Okay, so I'm going to rapid fire 
a few ways to kill pride or to start on that journey of putting on humility instead of pride in our lives. And again, this is not an exhaustive list, but just some ways that I would encourage you from God's word that we can really um, put aside pride, realizing how destructive it is, and instead live in the freedom of full intimacy with Christ that's humble, that's grace-filled, and that it's Jesus-centered and not us-centered. So the first way I would just say is pray every single day for humility confess your pride. That's a, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, but confess and repent of our pride because first of all, confession and repentance, again, that's a whole other episode we need to do on the show, but confess, confession and repentance is so vital to our relationship with God. Jesus, yes, has saved us from our sin once and for all when we confess with our mouths and believe with our hearts that he is Lord. But daily, since we daily sin, we need to confess and repent as a way to represent that we depend on the Lord and we recognize him as Lord and to just stay in right relationship with him. And so pray every single day for humility and then also pray and confess and repent. The next thing I would encourage you to do is to speak truth over your life and identity. So go to God's word and speak truth over yourself and say, okay, when I feel like I am operating out of self-sufficiency, when I am more me focused than others focused and Jesus, first of all, focused, Lord, tell me what your word says about that. Because God's word is so powerful. It has so much to say about pride and humility and really everything. But in this case, God tells us so many things and so many truths about this. And so we need to speak truth over ourselves. We need to memorize those verses. We need to know where to go in God's word to find that truth. Because when we start believing those lies that we're self-sufficient and that pride is the way to go instead of humility, instead of living a Jesus-centered life, we need to put on the armor of God. We need to get in his word. The next thing I would encourage you is to serve others more than ourselves. This is very hard because it's easy at the end of the day or really just during the day in just a free will life that we live to be able to serve ourselves. But I think if we're struggling to um, just rest, we're wrestling with pride. One of the quickest ways is to serve others is to get outside of ourselves and look to other people. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. Sometimes we don't feel like we want to do it. Sometimes we don't feel like it. But if we just take our feet in our hands and we move in action, even if we don't feel like it and we pray through it, we pray, Lord, help my feelings to catch up. And even if my feelings don't catch up, remind me that my feelings aren't truth and that I can do hard things in your strength even if it's uncomfortable and even if I don't feel like it. And you know what? A lot of times the Lord helps our feelings follow. And the more we serve others and the more we get to learn from God about the benefit and beauty of serving others in humility rather than being prideful, the more we're going to enjoy it. I really truly believe that. And next, this one is key and fundamental to our entire lives. And that is to trust God to provide and not ourselves. Like I said, my biggest way that I stumble with Pride is believing that I have to do it all, that I have to check off my to-do list, that I am strong enough in myself to get it done. And if I don't get that done, then, oh no, like everything's just going to go, you know, to poo. I mean, seriously, that's what I really believe a lot of times. But we got to believe that God is sovereign, that we got to trust God to provide as our provider and as our strength and as our sufficiency and not ourselves, because pride is going to tell us to trust ourselves and our strength and to lean on our own understanding. When God says to not trust ourselves, but to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will make our paths straight. 
The next thing I would encourage you in the same vein as the one I just shared is to not overwork yourself. I don't know about you, but like I said, I struggle with this all the time of just overworking myself and feeling like I need to pile everything on. But when we come to that point where we've run ourselves ragged, we have just given into the lie of pride. We have given into that. And so putting up boundaries, putting up gracious um, boundary lines for us is so, so helpful. And the last thing I would just encourage you to is to get an accountability with others. My husband has been really helping me a lot with saying, okay, Tara, what's on your plate? How can we, you know, how can we edit this? How can we make this better? How can we honor God more with our time? I have my mentor who's been calling me out on these things. Like it is hard, but it is good. And it just reaps so much freedom and fruit. And so find a friend, find a parent, a boyfriend, a husband, someone who you trust, an older woman in your church, someone who can come alongside you and speak the truth and love and admonish you. That is what admonishment is. I would just encourage you to not be afraid of that. But then when you see that happen, when you find the right relationship, it's truly, truly freeing. Oh, sweet friend. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode. That wraps up our seven symptoms of pride in our lives episode. Again, like I said, I know it's not an easy thing to talk about, but I want us to know that there is so much freedom in God's word. And even it speaks to these hard things that is sometimes hard to admit in our lives, But I want to tell you that you have the power in Jesus' name, in Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you to do hard things. Hard things like calling out pride in your life, reassessing it, taking steps to take on humility. Friend, life in Jesus is so much more freeing than anything that the world has to offer. Pride will feed you lies that it's the best way to live and that you can do it all on your own. But the beauty is that we don't have to. We can't, but we don't have to because Christ is our sufficiency. And so I pray that this episode was encouraging and that it didn't discourage you, but it gave you an awesome heart check because I know it did for me coming from my own personal struggle with this just to your heart too. So I love you. Thank you for listening. If this encouraged you and you want to take this hard but necessary and bold conversation in truth and share it with others who may need to hear it too because honestly we all need to hear it if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your instagram stories that would be such a blessing leave a rating and review in apple Podcasts wherever you listen it is a joy to be able to partner with you to advance the kingdom and as silly as it sounds it's actually true your little rating and review that actually isn't so little it's so impactful helps people more people get to know this show and get the word out so people can know love and live god's word thank you so much i love you friend and i will see you in next week's episode